game. So I'm a little tethered this morning. I've got a pulpit mic instead of one of those little other ones. So you're going to have to pay attention a little bit, alright? Got a couple of uh, little corrections, first of all. Uh, Kelvin said that your annual reports were in your mailbox. They're actually not in your mailbox. Hopefully it's in your inbox, in your computer, and not in your junk room. That's where it really needs to be, is your, in your inbox. If you would like a printed copy, we can make you printed copies, but the thing's 24 pages long. So help us save some trees and uh, read it on your computer. That would be very helpful. The second thing is that, that video that first showed this morning, um, that's going to be a Sunday school class that's starting next week with Pastor Ernest, and uh, I think it's going to be an excellent one. So come. This is for the adults. Come 9.30, uh, actually 9.35, because we need the Sunday school room for a couple minutes first, and then you guys can meet in there for, we're just going to show the video in about half hour segments, and then have a little bit of time of discussion afterwards. So uh, it looks like an excellent, uh, excellent video. Um, Pastor Ernest and Patty are not here today. Uh, Pastor Ernest and Patty are on their way to a uh, trip down, actually they're going on a cruise. And uh, it's a well-deserved rest for him, which is really excellent. He texted me and he said he's, uh, he made it to the boat, they got off the plane, and they're, where's the Super Bowl this year? Miami, that's where they were coming into. So they were trying to get from the airport to the boat. And uh, when he tried to book it, they were going to—they're going to charge him $400 to give him a ride from the boat to the from the airport to the boat. So he found something cheaper, good for him. And uh, they're at the boat now. So yeah, that's pretty great. So this morning we're back into the Sermon on the Mount again. We've got just a couple more weeks left in this one, and we're going to be uh, finishing it up. Uh, so I have the privilege of sharing with you um, what Kelvin already read for us this morning. Uh, Matthew 7, 1 to 12. The great thing and the tough thing about teaching through a portion of the book of the Bible or a full book of the Bible is that you get to touch on the tough stuff and the good stuff. You don't get to walk through the thing and cherry pick out all the easy or the fun topics to talk about. Like I spoke on worry a couple of weeks ago. For me, that's actually, it was a fun one to prepare. Uh, today hasn't been quite as fun to prepare for this one. Um, I'll be honest, it's been a, like, as you're working through, you learn a lot. Yeah. I, I believe that the message is actually for the teacher as much as it is for the listener, right? So that's what we're working through this morning. We're going through uh, judging. And this morning, my desire is to be faithful to God's work. That's what we're really looking for. Uh, we're as kids. We get to obey Him, and it's our privilege. So... As I was studying through this thing, it actually became really clear that this breaks out into three conversations. That's why you see the title out there behind me this morning. Three conversations. God has three conversations, distinct ones, that he wants to teach us with this morning. The first two conversations are conversations more of correction. And the last one is one about how he wants his kids to live. So... Let's dig into it this morning. Before, before I read the passage again, um, I have a little story for you just to get us thinking. So a young couple moves into a neighborhood, and the next morning they're sitting there eating breakfast. Uh, the young woman sees her neighbor hanging laundry out on the clothesline, and she says to her husband, Does that lady not know how to do laundry? That laundry is filthy. I think she needs to get herself some better laundry soap. 
The husband looks on and remains silent. Smart man. Every time the neighbor would hang out her wash to dry, the young woman would make the same comment. About a month later, the woman was surprised to see the nice clean wash on the line and said to her husband, look, she's learned how to wash correctly. I wonder who taught her how to do this. The husband replied, I got up early this morning and I cleaned the windows. <laughs> so conversation number one is how are we interacting with our brothers and sisters in Christ? I was noticing this morning as Calvin was reading through the passage that the NLT uses the word friend in there. It's not actually a great translation. The word uh, in the Greek is adophos. Adophos actually means brother. So that's fellow believer in Christ. So this morning, how are we interacting with our brothers and sisters in Christ? I used to think that that's how this passage was. It was meant for how are we judging everybody? But Jesus has a much more direct focus when he's working his way through this, uh, this message. So let's read it together here. I have it on the screen in front of us, or you can use your Bibles. It says, Do not judge, or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there was a plank in your own? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This word judge here, Greek, uh, that's krino. That's what that word is. It means to pronounce guilt. It means to make an absolute determination of a person's fate. Or it means to set yourself above another. I always find it helpful if you're going to uh, use the word, you need to use the definition in the sentence. So this is what this is one way you could do. You could say it. Uh, do not pronounce the guilt of another person by the way you rank them. You will also be ranked. That's a good definition. Another one could be, and I like this one, do not set yourself above another person. By the way you pronounce their guilt, your guilt will be pronounced about you. I love the illustration that Jesus uses in here. Um, it's a hyperbole. It's, a, it's an extreme exaggeration on purpose. It's the plank and the speck. So, of course, if we're going to use Jesus' illustration, we should bring our own plank. So I brought a nice little one from the shop at home this morning. This is the plank. So what we're talking about is a blinding object versus a microscopic object. A blinding object versus a microscopic object. Jesus says you are blind. You have no way to help another person in the stage you're in. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, man, I hope somebody else or so-and-so is listening to this. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's evidence that you have a plank in your eye this morning. Jesus calls out to the person who's judging, you hypocrite. A hypocrite is someone who pretends to be something that they're actually not. So in kid terms, we would say, you're a faker. That's how we would define that. Uh, you say you're righteous, you say you're a follower of Jesus, but you have blatant sin in your life, and that blatant sin needs to be removed. So what it really actually looks like is this just sits right up here in front so you can't actually see around you it's a huge thing right it's right in front of your eyes you can't actually see around it you can't actually see around the sin that's in your own eye in your own life and the sin that we're talking about here is self-righteousness and pride that's the sin that we're talking about here the best way that i know to define pride is this 
I know best. I know best. So that would be, God, I know best how to handle this situation. God, I know better than you what that person needs. God, I know best. That's how we would define the problem. Uh, let me take it a little bit, a little bit further this morning. Um, sometimes it's easy for us to pass our judgment on to another person. We pass our condemnation on to another person. Uh, really what I'm doing is I'm making myself feel better. But what I'm actually doing now is I take my plank. I put it up here in front of me like this. And as I pass judgment on to another person, now they get to stand right here beside me. And now the judgment that I'm passing on, if that person who's standing beside me doesn't affect me, that person that's standing beside me is now standing behind the plank. And pretty soon we can have, if we keep passing judgment, we can have another person and another person. And this, this board, even though it's cut off to a certain length, this board can continue to grow and grow. The next thing you know, we have people passing judgment and passing judgment and passing judgment. And uh, anyone who listens and doesn't correct has now become a willing plank partner. Now you've got a whole bunch of willing plank partners with you. Um, that leads to division, that leads to dissension, and if we don't correct those things, that's sin, right? Pride is sin. And Jesus calls out the person right here in the passage. Jesus calls out, he says, you're a hypocrite. So I stand here this morning as one of those who's actually a recovering hypocrite, right? All of us are, if we're followers of Jesus, are recovering hypocrites. So if you said this morning when I, when I made that statement, if you said, oh, yes, you are, well, maybe there's uh, some judgment in your life. But if you said, me too, I'm also a recovering hypocrite, well, then that's confession, right? That's telling God that I'm not perfect. I don't have this thing all right. You know best. I don't actually know best. That's removing pride from our life. Jesus says, take the plank out of your own eye. That's what you're responsible for. So if we were all plank removers here, there'd be a whole lot less specks in our eyes, right? If we were continually removing the planks from our own eyes, the specks wouldn't actually show up very much. If we were continually removing the sin of pride in our lives, we wouldn't have the problem with dissension, with gossip, with... Um, the question should actually be, is there a way for me to speak without judgment? Certainly there is. There certainly is. The first one would be to humble yourself. If we speak to each other with a humble attitude, that changes everything. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So take every thought captive. If my thoughts are judgmental, my words will probably be judgmental. So think before you speak, are your words kind? Are your words truthful? The best way that I know how to combat judgment is to be continually, continually thinking, if Jesus was standing here, would I be saying that? If Jesus was standing here, would I be thinking those thoughts? He is standing there, right? For those of us who are followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in us. So he is there. He does know what you're thinking. He does know what you're going to say. So, 
That means confession time, right? So this morning, as you can see in front of you, we get to share communion together as a church family. So we're going to be talking more about what that what that means a little later. Conversation number two. Conversation number two. This is a conversation that he wants to have with us about discernment. Jesus now turns his focus towards naively accepting that everyone wants to hear the gospel message that we have to share. That's a pretty sad statement, I think. Um, comes, it may come across as a bit of a shocker to some of you, but not everyone wants to hear the good news of Jesus. And so what Jesus is actually saying here is... Uh, be cautious how you share. Don't give, don't, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to the pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and in turn tear you to pieces. So the dog that you see on the screen, that's Jack, my little buddy. And the, uh, the pigs there, those are actually the Thunderbolt pigs. They have their own Facebook page. It's kind of ridiculous. But the dogs in the Bible and the pigs in the Bible are not the dogs and the pigs that we have today. The dogs in the Bible, we're talking like scavenging mutts here. These guys would steal anything, um, scavenging anything, they'd run wild. Uh, that's just what the dogs were like in the Bible. Um, the pigs, the pigs were considered unclean and disgusting animals too. Uh, Jewish people did not eat pork. Um, so they would ravage fields, they would run wild in the streets, they were even responsible for some small children being trampled, according to one of my commentaries. So to call somebody a dog or to call somebody a pig was ex an extreme insult. So Jesus says, don't share what is sacred, don't share what is holy um, with people who are not going to honor it. Share with, dis with discernment, not judgment. Yes, we are definitely called to share Jesus. But there's going to be people who do not want to hear the message. We can still share Jesus by the way we live our lives. We can still share Jesus by the way we live our lives. There's no way for them to refute what that is. So 1 Peter 2.12 says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. We are called to live for God's glory. If they don't want to listen to our words, Maybe they will see Jesus through the way we're living. That's what we really want. And on to conversation number three. This is a conversation of prayer. Anytime you see ask, seek, knock, that's prayer. Ask, seek, knock is prayer. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, or how much more will your Father in heaven give good, give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law of the prophets. This morning we're going to be celebrating communion. As a church family, and one of the key things about communion, if you read through the order of service, is self-examination. It says right in the order of service, let us examine ourselves and then fellowship around the Lord's table. All who truly 
and earnestly repent of their sins and are in right fellowship with their neighbors who intend to live a new life following the commands of God and walking in his holy way, you are invited to take part in the Lord's Supper. We get to do that this morning as a church family. Our passage says that we are to ask, first of all. Ask means that you come to the Father with humility and conscious of our need to be in right relationship with Him. Seek means that we are actively searching for God. Not just thinking that it's a good thing to do, it's actively searching for God. And this command to knock means to persevere in prayer. You don't just walk up to the door and tap on it once and expect the door to open. You walk up to it and you tap and you wait. And you tap and you wait. And you wait for that person to respond. So it's a, a prayer of perseverance. All of these, ask, seek, knock, these are all references to prayer. We must be continually seeking God. We must be asking Him to show us where there's sin in our life. We must be asking him to show us how to be more like Jesus. And we must be listening for his response. One of my commentary calls this a prayer of imperative persistence. A prayer of imperative persistence. I like that. I think that's pretty good. So, this is kind of how it goes. I'm learning to be like Jesus in my attitudes, behaviors, and character. Can you say that with me if you know it? I'm learning to be like Jesus in my attitudes, it goes, Lord, give me strength to walk in humility as Jesus did. I confess my pride. Help me to make amends with those who might have offended. And then Jesus finishes off this passage with what we typically call the golden rule. We typically think the golden rule goes a little like this. If you don't like being hit, then don't hit somebody. If you don't like having your stuff stolen, then don't steal from other people. It's not exactly what Jesus is saying here. What Jesus is actually saying is, if you like being loved, then love other people. If you like being loved, love other people. And the way that we know that he's saying that is because he says, this, is, this sums up the law of the prophets, right? The law of the prophets is found in Mark 12, 29 to 31. It's actually found all the way through the Old Testament too. But this is where we find it really nicely put together. Mark 12, 29 and 31 says, Love the Lord your God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater command than these. So if you'd like to be loved, then love other people. That's actually the golden rule. The beauty of this whole thing this morning is that we get to do communion together. And so what we're actually doing this morning is we're celebrating and remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross. We're remembering the blood that he shed for us. We're remembering that his body was broken for us. Um, he did it because he loved us. So if you don't know him today, today's a perfect day to get to know him. Today's a perfect day to get to know him. Um, as we head into communion this morning, what I actually want us to do is to spend a little bit of time before God, just in personal prayer, the way that it's laid out in the service. What we're going to be doing is asking God to reveal to us anything that's come between Him and us and between others and us. We're going to spend just a couple of minutes um, talking to God personally about that. And then what we're going to do is call the uh, elders forward and we're going to 
celebrate communion together. So you're going to be asking God, is there anything between God and myself that's caused a barrier that communication isn't happening there, right? That I'm not listening to them. Or is there anything between myself and somebody else where there's a barrier? God, call, God tells us that it's our responsibility to make those things right with another person. It's not their responsibility. We're the one that judged. We need to go and make that right with our brothers and sisters. So um, let's just spend a couple of moments together um, talking to God about if there's something between humans.